Welcome to Together by AGCI. I'm Marissa Butterworth. Today, I have a very special guest all the way from the AGCI and Tim Tebow Foundation House of Hope in Ethiopia. Hosanna Solomon is a child and family social worker with years of experience serving children and families throughout Ethiopia, and we are so fortunate to have her on our team since the home opened in August of 2021. I had a chance to finally meet Hosi in Ethiopia this January, and she is a powerhouse, serving vulnerable populations with compassion, love, and grace. We are so lucky to have her join us today. Hello, good morning. It is so wonderful to have you on here all the way from Ethiopia. I am over the moon excited. I've been looking forward to talking to you for a really long time now since I knew that we were doing this podcast and get to hear more about the House of Hope. And I'm extra excited because I got to meet you that way back in January when our team finally was able to get back to Ethiopia or my team specifically, others were, but it was my first time back and I had seen you and met you online. And so it was such a pleasure, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Marissa. I'm very honored and very happy to be here too. And I'm very much excited that I get to meet you besides the screen in physical. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're so sweet. Yes. Um, So will you just start us out by um, telling us a bit about your role at the House of Hope? Sure. Uh, My role in the House of Hope is uh, I'm a family and child social worker. So my main responsibility is supporting the family and the children through the transition from being separated to be reunited. So making that pass or transfer smooth is mainly my responsibility. So in this process, I have the responsibility of admission, making sure uh, girl, I would also hope have girls from different uh, stakeholders like the government, the police. So that's my responsibility. That's my role. The other might be... I. Assisting the family social uh, searcher to identify the family and search, assess the if the placement is suitable for the children. So making sure the best interest of the child is made while doing the transfer. And during the transfer and after transfer, I'll be assisting the children and the families too. So that's mainly my responsibility. Amazing. So you have a big responsibility, a lot of responsibilities. You're kind of doing all of it. So I'm so <laughs> glad to have you on. You know, I feel like you've really touched like every part of the process. So you're kind of the perfect person to have on here. Um, so ha- will you tell us how many girls um, are in the home now? And then how many of the girls have been successfully reunified um, with their family or a caregiver? Uh, currently, uh, as of today, we have 19, uh, but just now before two or five minutes ago, we have admitted another one girl. So oh we're goodness. currently down to 20. <laughs> yes, we have 20 girls and we have reunified about 33 girls with their families. Wow. Out, of, out of the 33 girls, she have completed the post-placement service. So Wow. That's amazing. That's well, and I have to mention, um, I and correct me if I'm wrong, because there's a solid chance that I'm wrong here, but I think that the, like, 
average. There are other organizations that are doing reunification work, but I, I heard that the like average for those organizations of successful um, reunification is around like 30%. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And then what percentage of our girls have been, like when we say successfully reunified, are there girls that haven't been successfully reunified or are we doing, are we, I think you guys are rocking it over there. This is what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> uh, the reason why we say our home, uh, our reunification, our house of reunification is more unique and successful rather than those that are existing in the Ethiopia era because of the different frameworks that we use. We make sure that the, the family and the children stay together. We mainly focus on the sustainability rather than the number of children that were reunified. So uh, out of the 30 girls, uh, we may have uh, faced a challenge with one girl, but we haven't lost we haven't lost it yet. We're in progress because the post placement service to the follow up that we do make sure helps us to know where the family are and yes. know, makes us know that where we and how we can support the family regain that trust and connection that they had once we reinvite them. So that's mainly the reason why we said ours, ours is more successful. Yes. And I mean, like a hundred percent success rate, and I know it's not been easy. So I, I don't say that lightly and it's because of the systems that you guys use and that you're checking in on them. And, um, but there's a, so much work obviously that goes into it before you even reunify the girls with their families. I know that you're working with the, not only the girls, but you're also working with their family and trying to, you know, help them both find healing in that, which is just incredible. So cool. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about um, maybe what the girls have, some of the girls have gone through before they've even entered the House of Hope? I know that sometimes their stories have some similarities. Most of the girls that can join the House of Hope are victims of different abuse, traumas, and a different challenging experience that made them deprive them of their childhood and the laughter that they have to have as a child. So mainly those children are came from the urban, the rural side of Ethiopia, or and so by being offered a false promise for better educational opportunity or for uh, better work opportunities, so that they can support themselves and their families. So they're being tricked and manipulated to come to the city. Those who are who were born and raised in the city ran away from their home due to the different abuse and neglect that exists in the family. So they have been uh, they have reached their limit of enduring that pain and challenge. Then they decided to break out of home and go out on the streets. Mm -hmm. So mainly uh, false promise for better educational opportunity, job opportunities, abuse, neglect. Mm -hmm. All sorts of abuse are the main reason why they push the girls to go in the streets. So that's mm -hmm. the main factors. Wow. That's it's, it's heartbreaking and devastating and makes it all the more important that you're there. And so many, I mean, that's happening to so many kids in Ethiopia, girls and boys, just thousands and thousands. So it's just yeah. makes it all the more important. Um yeah, to talk. I'm sorry, Marissa. No, go for it. Just to add on this, uh, some of the girls also came with 
are forced to leave their home due to the peer pressure that exists because they are they're being fed that there is a better chance of having it, uh, a better life in the city and their peers have experienced that. Not only their peers are not the ones who are, who are pressuring them, their own families are pressuring the children to go out on the streets because your peer, your friend is doing this in the city and you're not doing anything in the home, in staying at home. So be supportive, be like your peers and earn some money and support the family. So some of the reasons wow. are this. Mm. And yeah, and peer pressure, especially at that age, is even, you know, we all remember being that age, it's even harder. And if you believe mm. that, you know, something good, you know, other people are doing things that are helping their families, and I better do that. It's just heartbreaking to know that they're, you know, all being tricked into that and um, where they're ending up, which is just devastating, just awful. Um, so, once, what does it look like? Where are the girls um, coming to us from? Like, where do they come from when they enter the home? Like I said, uh, most of the girls came from the rural part of Ethiopia, and they end up working as a domestic uh, worker in the, in different family homes. Uh, when they cannot handle the pressure and the abuse, they run out from their workplace, and they'll be staying on the streets of Addis. So police is mainly our source. The police is our main source of uh, providing this. Uh, we back on January or something that we did a, a national TV area training with the Adisawa Police Commission, which made us, which created a uh, good work uh, connection and network with the police. So they understand the values that we stand for, the work that's been done at the House of Hope. So they're mainly our source of, uh, they're the main source to provide guns for the House of Hope. And the that others will be the government, the minister of that is our minister of women's and children, girls, women's and children's affairs is the other okay. source for our girls. Okay. That's amazing. That's incredible. And so cool. I, I know that obviously I know that you guys did that training with the police, but um, then you also did another training with um, just leaders from all over the country. Uh, with, and, and I think there were over, am I right? And there were a little over 300 people there for that training as well. So you yes. guys just are amazing Correct. at building those relationships and teaching um, people first what these kids have been through and what they're going through, that they're not bad children. And then how mm -hmm. from the beginning to not cause another trauma in their young lives by putting them in jail or, you know, more abuse, but instead getting them to you guys to a safe place where they can come in and heal. So I'm so proud of the work that you're doing all over. Your team is doing all over the country, but it's just incredible. Thank you. Thank you. We um, have your support too. <laughs> you know you do. You know you do. We all we all love you so much. Um, <laughs> so what does the work um, that you and everyone on your team there do with the girls look like on more of a daily basis? Like how, what are you doing to work with them and help them heal? Uh, like I said before, like what makes the yeah, House of Hope different from other reunification homes is the approach that the framework that 
used in a daily day to day basis. So uh, we use TBRI intentionally in every activity. So by, by doing by doing this, we provide the girls that the feeling of safety and security because they know their daily schedule, which is placed in in a place that's visible and makes them understand. So the special mothers are mainly responsible in making sure the girls follow through the daily schedule. So the girls are very much aware how their day will be and they will not be suspicious or not be worried about how their day will end. So special moms will be responsible in supporting this and making sure the girls are doing well through Bible study, devotion time. So this is how the special mother supports the girls. Well, the other care team uh, mainly supports with identifying, tracing the girls' family location, where they're from, and why the reason they came from, they leave their home and work on that area. And the other is we support them, the, our team supports them with uh, counseling service. So they're provided uh, counseling service uh, regularly, depending on the cases. Uh, mm. And that's mainly how what we do every day. It's amazing. I got to see just a little bit in action and it's so impressive to see um, the cool thing that um, I think, or I would say unique thing that I got to experience when I was there was that I was there when some new girls came to the home um, and were being placed. And then we got to come back um, towards the end of the week and visit again and see the change, even in that short amount of time of how the girls were doing um, that were new and how they were uh, you could tell like when we first met them, they seemed, um, and this is just me guessing this, but they seemed nervous. Obviously I would have been terrified. Um, I'm probably putting myself in this too, but it's a new place. They don't know what's going on and, and they don't know who they can trust yet. And they've just been through so much uh, living on the streets. And then, um, so for just to be days, not even a full week later, and be back and see that they felt comfortable. You could tell that they felt safer and they're on a journey. It wasn't just like some miraculous like change, you know, where they're like, oh, now we're happy, but that they really were starting to feel like it, it seemed like they just were letting down and relaxing a little bit. And it was so cool to see how all of your team took care of them, but also how the other girls were taking care of them um, was like so beautiful to watch and how gentle they were with them of like, oh no, here's, here's what we're going to be doing. And like explaining things to them um, was just like so beautiful. So there's no question in that. It just was incredible to see it in person um, like, and how impactful yeah. It really is. So, yeah, just yeah. amazing. Right. To add on this, like Marissa, like I said, uh, most of the staffs at the House of Hope were working previously with, the, with AGCI, and they're very much aware about the values and the principles, the mission that exists on AGCI. And those who have joined currently to the AGCI have been going and having the same uh, vision, sharing the same vision, and by doing this, by providing the TBRI training, all staff can understand and know how yes. each of us can work together. So the main the main 
um, the main focus that we do is lead by example for our girls. So we make sure that we have a good connection among ourselves and we make sure the girls receive that connection from day one. Then through that, we make sure that the girls can pay it forward with among the new girls. So yes. That's how it does. Well, you could tell that whatever was happening was so beautiful. So when you're doing this kind of work with um, the girls, like why is it so important? Can you tell us just a little bit about TBRI and why that's such an important part of their healing? And we talk about it a lot on the podcast, but in case someone's listening that they heard you say TBRI and they have no idea what Mm -hmm. that is. Uh, TBRI is a trust-based relational intervention framework. It's a framework, an approach, a tool that's been provided by TCU. And uh, our our AGC Ethiopia has been adopting it and using it as a main framework to facilitate the work that exists in the House of Hope. It's a a trauma-informed tool. TBRI helped us uh, build the connection and how to empower our girls, not only our girls, but our, the staffs too, and how to correct, show correct the girls. So TBRI is a tool that helps us uh, put all the theories and that things that we have learned in in theory to the ground. So it's a, I, could, I don't know how to say, it, but I may say it's a bullet, uh, a silver bullet for us specifically, because it's making, it's working, showing a progress on the girls. So yes. I love it. That's totally the right way to say it. I think that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, that's, it's exactly what it is. It's providing that framework um, for healing, for real healing. And it's not like a quick, um, it's not a quick fix necessarily, but if you are following the framework for it, it provides that place, an opportunity for healing, and then also gives um, the, the kids, anyone, and kids, adults, whoever is learning it, like the tools that they need um, to be able to continue healing far past their time in the House of Hope. And um, it's for any, it's for kids, anyone that's been through trauma. Um, and yeah, AGC, I didn't create it. I'm glad that you mentioned um, TCU, Texas Christian. Um, they're the ones that um, created this beautiful framework and it's it's made such an impact on the work that you know we've done at AGCI and that you guys are doing in practice every day so just thank you for explaining it um so I know um I know, and we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I know there are other organizations that are reunifying kids in Ethiopia. Um, and we we touched on this just based on the fact that we have um, a really good track record of these kids actually staying in their homes once they're reunified. But what, um, what else makes the House of Hope approach unique? So I know you have family searchers that are going and looking. And then what kind of work has done with the families as well that make this really unique? Uh, prior to the opening of the launching of House of Hope, uh, our care team was doing and was researching on doing opening the House of Hope and doing this. They have gathered information from other different uh, reunification, organ- reunification homes. And what makes our home different from them is they do the tracing and they place the guests, the children, on the day they found the finalized the tracing, the tracing, no work oh, has been really? done with the family. Just they take back the girls and place them. Yeah, that's the train that's been done 
by different I didn't realize holes. it was that, that fast. It, wow. That so as soon as they is, find them, they is. just bring them back. Yeah. Wow. On top of that, uh, they provide IGA, like income generating uh, seed monies, that backfires and makes draws other go- other children to come to the city and do the same thing and earn that money. So that's been the trend really? by different reunification homes. So by learning from their mistakes, House of Hope is not doing that. Uh, we do from three up to five family visits. Once the family is located, our family searcher will be doing the first searching, the tracing. Once the tracing is done and the family is located, we'll be doing the family assessment. Uh, we'll use our tools, the family assessment. We also, we'll assess their holistic uh, okay. development, the family's economic well-being, health well-being, social status, and everything. Based on that, we'll provide counseling service and one-to-one talks. We'll be also providing them TBRI so that they can understand their children and they can understand themselves and the mm. traumas they have experienced as an, as children when they were kids and how they're passing it to their children. So by doing this, uh, we'll be visiting the families three up to five times. It's That's how we work with families. The wow. girls will be staying with us from three up to six months. And even if, even though we find the family during the first months or second months, we'll not be transferring there. We'll not be reunifying the children with their families. We have to do few works with the girls and the families. So that's how we do wow. it. Well, no wonder. I mean, it's not quick work. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is, and that, I mean, thankfully we've been able to learn from other people's mistakes and hopefully do a better job. And I'm always so impressed with you guys because I think, um, and the work that AGCI is doing, because we're also always trying to learn and grow and do better on our end and make this something that's successful. And you guys are the, you're the model. All of you there are the model of what that looks like, um, to do that work and continue to be excellent at it. And, um, do better. So I'm so impressed. And, and I think you're doing the deep healing soul work that needs to be done, um, that a lot of places aren't, um, brave enough to jump in and do, or they don't have the experience and, and thank God you guys are there and, and doing that work. It's really so beautiful. So the home is named the House of Hope, which I just have loved. And um, it was named that because there are so many um, beautiful redemption stories that are coming out of this work um, every day. And I get to hear a lot of them. And it's what keeps me going um, and being a part of this and inspired. But can you um, maybe share a couple of stories um, that have touched you since you've been working there? Sure. Uh, everyone at the House of Hope is very much honored to be a change agent in the, in the lives of these girls. So having said this, if I have to choose, uh, there was a girl that was at the House of Hope. She lost her mom at an early age and was mm. abandoned by her biological father at an early age too. Uh, she lost, she was separated from her biological father, b- brother, when her mom was mm. deceased. 
during that time, she was also used as a used for begging. Yeah, her stepfather used her as a way, uh, used her on the street so that he can earn money. Uh, after that, she was she got a guardian, but even though she got a family who who couldn't take her in, she was not loved that much. She didn't receive the love that she deserves. Mm. So through that, she started to experience some uh, feelings that are not, has not been uh, addressed properly, and her needs lead to different behavior, uh, bad behavioral behaviors, making her do bad habits, get into bad habits, and uh, get in conflict with her guardians. So she was uh, placed. She was placed out of the her guardians and given to another foster care which she would not be able to stay with because of the conflict that exists and the unresolved behavioral issues that she has been enduring through this whole time. Mm. And that's when we found her. She was uh, being thrown by the society and all the foster care system, and she was being placed in the government institution. And when she, once she was in the government institution, she has started to experience seizures and uh, uh, starting to fall and due to uh, severe anxiety and uh, anxiety and depression. Oh, so that's when we found her and we took her in. We took her in. Uh, she was very much willing to come and uh, work with us so that she can heal and maybe able to find a family that her family so that she can reify. We know once we, when we were taking her, we know it's a long shot to find her biological father, but we were hoping to rekindle the relationship that exists with her guardians. So, and hope for that, we brought her into the House of Hope. Uh, during her first weeks in the House of Hope, she was falling and having seizures twice or three times a day. Oh, gosh. Uh, but through the love and the care that she saw and received from the special moms and the different the children that were in the home and the other care teams, she starts to trust in the, in the home and she starts to trust on her and she received other medical treatments that she deserves and she started to heal from her anxiety and depression. Mm. Through that, she stayed with us over six months or so. And during, and during this time, we were not able to locate her biological father, but we were able to locate her brother, her sibling, and we made sure that they get to see each other. And we were able to trace other related family uh, relatives, her godmother, and we make sure that she ca she gets that relationship too. Uh, but even though we failed to reunify her with her other families, we managed to transfer this girl to a like-minded organization that has the work that follows the same TBRI framework. And currently, mm -hmm. she's been transferred to that organization and living with that uh, family forever family and receiving good care and attending her education. So Love for that. me, being able to restore the hope that she lost and uh, was something that was priceless for me. During her first time, she was very much unsatisfied with her life. She feels that she's not worthy of love. She feels she's not worthy of living life mm -hmm. itself. She's not feel, she doesn't feel she's worthy of it. So being able to see her smile, stop her crying every day, being able to smile, uh, restore her childhood, play, being playful with her peers and being hopeful for the future is something that's 
was priceless for me. So that's where you touched me more. That is amazing. I, I haven't heard that story before. So thank you for sharing it with me too. And I love, um, I love, there's just something that you, you said that, oh, that hits me. Um, of just like them being able to reclaim some of their childhood, um, and like laugh again and be silly and play, um, is such a huge part of, of healing. And, and, um, that's something that these kids have, you know, not been able to do, um, because they're just trying to survive. So to give that, give them that chance again, to, be young and playful and have that chance to heal um, is beautiful. Are there any other stories that you'd want to share with us? Um, Put you on the spot. That's not, that one stands out more. <laughs> that's, I, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> it's hard to choose, but... Um, okay. My second favorite might be uh, a girl from the most remote area came to Addis to be to live with her uncle. She was promised that she was going to be she was going to receive better educational opportunity, and she was not going to be treated as others, but she would be treated as one of their children. Child, mm. but once she came to Addis, that was not true. She was not enrolled to school. Uh, she was responsible to care for, she's eight years old when she came to the House of Hope. And when she came to Addis, she was about six years old, some, somewhere in that between. Oh and God. she was responsible to care for a two-year-old toddler. She was six and she was responsible to care for a two-year-old. And in that process, she was being beaten, called names, and told that she's not worthless, she's not worthy, she's worthless, and that she will not be able, she will not reach anywhere. And this is her life. So mm. that's what she was being told. And that's what she was believing when she came to the house of hope. So one day she ran away from her uncle's home. Uh, he was, to, he used to beat her, threaten her. Uh, so she couldn't handle it. And she ran away. When she came to the house of hope, she was very shy, extremely shy. She isolates herself from the, her peers. Uh, engaging with the adults is so much far. It was a very uh, huge mountain that she couldn't climb or can push because oh, yeah. there was something frightening for her. But she couldn't even relate with her peers because she feels like she's not that much equal with them or not able to be as a child with them. Uh, during her stay, she stayed about four months or so. We get to see how she changed because uh, she was very shy. She wouldn't smile. She wouldn't mm -hmm. come close to anybody. She started to get close to one special mom, and she would always be sitting next to her, being clingy to her, and wouldn't mm -hmm. uh, interact with other girls or with other adults. But through time, she started to get more relaxed, more playful. She started to smile. And the fact that uh, what she said uh, when she goes to her home is she gets to be happy and be as she, how she is today through the support that she received with the moms and mainly by learning the Bible. 
she got hope by reading the Bible and during the devotion time. So she understood that there is a higher power that cared for her. And you wouldn't believe how the way she preached about God and the way she talks about the things that he did to uplift her life and her uh, being as all is something that I wouldn't forget. When she speaks, nobody can can talk. You'll be, you just, you would be mesmerized by the way she talks about God and how she changed. So wow. I love her story very much. It and her families, her families were very much happy to see her. And mm-hmm. until now, she has completed the service post placement service, but she is still strong with her family and she has taken everything that she thought she was taught in the house of hope and applying it with her siblings. So I'm very much proud of her. Wow. That is amazing. I'm so, I love hearing that. I mean, it sounds like you guys um, unearthed a a new, a future pastor there. I don't know. She's going to be preaching about God's love and how valuable they all are. And to hear that coming from a child that age is so powerful Mm -hmm. and makes me all choked up. I'll try not to cry, but I haven't heard that story either. And I just... um, that's just incredible. That's why I could just sit and listen. I won't make you tell me any more stories, but I um, could just sit and and listen to these literally all day long. <laughs> so I, I promise you I won't. But um, so what are your dreams <laughs> for the future of the House of Hope? Like, what do you hope for um, this beautiful place? So many things. <laughs> uh, my wish for the House of Hope would be to see all of our girls flourish with their families and with mm. their future, with their education, with their whole being, and come to meet, come to use their full potential in blossoming in this world. So I want to see all the girls that are coming to the House of Hope flourish and pro- uh, prosper with grace, with their mm. own, with their own peace. Uh, the other would be, I would like to see House of Hope branch out more because there are a lot of children that need to be addressed, that needs the support and the healing. Yes. Uh, not only children, but by the by the opening of House of Hope, we can reach out to families, communities, and even the influential groups. So having another branch or having more House of Hopes will help us, will give us the strength to make a mark as uh, in the country as a whole. So I want to see, the other would be, I want to see boys receive this care too, because they do deserve Mm -hmm. it. I know it's an affirmative affirmative action in our case, and the most vulnerable groups are the girls, but boys are also suffering in the city. So I would like to see those boys receive the care they deserve. And they, they should be taught that, they don't have to be responsible at this early age. They don't have to be the breadwinners at this age. They are children and they, are, they have to be treated like children. So I want to see that chance being given to boys. The other would be uh, to have it more in the, for, uh, in the other rural parts of the country too, because uh, once you stop the main source of, this migration and the main uh, causes of this, the load might be reduced and more children will not be suffering. So Mm. 
I would like to see AGCI expand and flourish. That's I love it. Well, on this end, we're going to do everything that we can um, for that to happen um, and are standing with all of you and fighting for this because we also believe this for, for the girls and the boys and everyone there in Ethiopia and everyone everywhere that this is um, something that, that they deserve to have and know and um, experience healing and that beauty in their life and redemption. And um, it's just, you're, you're living it every day. And um, I'm just forever impressed and inspired um, just to see the work that you're doing with these kids and how, what a huge blessing and gift it is um, for them. And then for us to be able to hear about it and be a tiny part of it is also um, so powerful. So <laughs> as we, um, as I'm, as we're wrapping this up, what can our listeners do um, to support the work that you're doing there in Ethiopia? How can they all be a part of this as well? Like always, we want you and all of our listeners to keep all of our girls, our staffs, our country at the same time, and those children who are vulnerable all over the country, all over the world, mm -hmm. in their prayers, because the highest, uh, the highest support, the highest care will be from God. So we want you to keep us in your prayers, and the rest would be everyone can contribute, can make a contribution in different ways making that contribution knowing that it's not too small it may be they might it might be small in their own eyes but it might not be small with other uh, with others because it's something they might need it so given in any way that they can so that's what i want to say i love it thank you well Thank you so much for joining me, Hosi, on this and just sharing from your heart, explaining how you do this work. And it's I should also mention we're recording this um, with the time change. It's like dinner time for you and you're probably you're done with work and you took the time to do this with me. And it means so much that you would um, get on and share with all of us. I so appreciate you. Thank you very much. It's been it's an honor for me to be on this because I get to speak up about House of Hope. So, well, it's an thank honor. you. <laughs> that was Hosanna Solomon, a child and family social worker from our AGCI and Tim Tebow Foundation House of Hope in Ethiopia. I hope you enjoyed hearing about the incredible work that they're doing in the country and throughout Africa. If you would like more information on how you can personally be involved in supporting this work, please reach out to me directly at mbutterworth at allgodschildren.org. M as in Mrs. Butterworth, mbutterworth at allgodschildren.org. And I would love to share with you. If you like what you heard, make sure to follow us and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Keep up with us on social media by following us on Instagram and Facebook at All God's Children International. Thank you for watching or listening to Together by AGCI. <laughs>